Welcome to the Mom Life Be Like podcast. This is a safe space for busy moms to talk about, well, everything. We will get into the nitty gritty, the joys, the tears, the good, the bad, and beautiful about motherhood. I'm your host, Nicole Van Lunn, and I'm so honored and happy that you are here. Let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Mom Life Be Like podcast. Today, my guest, Ani, and I, we will be talking about self-care for beginners, where to begin putting yourself on your to-do list when you're used to taking care of everyone and everything else first. So before I bring Ani on... I want to tell you more about her. So Ani Mokowski is a mom of six. Yes, six kids, a licensed therapist and a life and wellness coach for super moms who have lost themselves under their mom hats. She empowers moms to escape the do-it-all mentality and break through the limiting beliefs that are keeping them from becoming their best self. Her mission as the founder of the Moms Without Capes movement is to help women recognize and love the women that they see in the mirror. Help me welcome my guest, Ani. Hey, Ani, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing good, Nicole. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited about this conversation because I feel like there's no better person to talk to us about self-care for beginners. One, because you have six kids ranging from eight to 22 and you yourself have experienced, you know, putting yourself on the bottom of the to-do list or not on the list at all. So I feel like our listeners, when they have seen the title, are very intrigued on how they can actually and practically put themselves on their to-do list. So I want to hear from the beginning, like, when did you have this epiphany that this can't go on? And then when did you make that change? And then furthermore, um, start to help other moms get on this path of self-care? Sure. So um, I would say it started around 2011 was when, and it was right after I had, um, so we have, like you mentioned, we have six kids. Um, so right after number five, we had moved to Montana from the East Coast and um, I was doing all the things. We, I mean, we were homeschooling. We had just bought a hotel. We were um, like integrating into this new community, into a whole new state. Mm-hmm. And I found myself, you know, we moved to Montana to simplify, but when I, when we got here in 2009, I quickly found myself, um, once again, putting myself out there, volunteering, doing, um, I became the president of our local friends of the pool. And I was out there, you know, jumped right in and started volunteering and leading things and and doing all the things that I did back in Pennsylvania that I kind of wanted to get away from. But even though we moved across the state, apparently it was something intrinsic. Like it was something that was going on with me. The fact that I felt like I had to just fill my plate, right? Do more and more. And so I started looking at, and, and meanwhile, I felt really guilty about doing anything for myself. Like all of my activities all involved things like around my family or around my community, like around other people. And I was very resentful of like my husband, the fact that he like would seem to be able to come and go and, and take a break and sit down and watch TV. And I 
could not do that. In my mind, I just could not do that. I felt guilty. I felt resentment. There was all kinds of feelings going through. I, I felt like there was no way that I would be able to let go of control because I felt the whole world was going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a good place to be. I Plus, I was you know, with all of those feelings, I was on the verge of burnout because I was doing it all. Mm-hmm. And so in 2011, I started, started with a Zumba class and I wanted a friend that I had met kept asking me if I wanted to go to this class. And I had all kinds of excuses, even though I really wanted to go, I wanted to go try it. I, um, you know, I always felt like my house had to be clean dinner had to be done. You know, everything had to be in this place. Everyone had to be taken care of in order. The stars had to line up mm-hmm. in order for me to do that. And as we know, the stars never line up, right? right? So I started doing some self-reflection and started, you know, just with simple things like asking for help. That was a huge one. And it was, it seems right now, like so easy to do, like, you know, But at that time, it was a big deal. I didn't know how to ask for help. I felt guilty for asking for help. I felt like I needed to be able to, to be a good mom. I had to do it all. And so that was all back in 2011. It took me a few years to get totally comfortable. I did make it to that Zumba class. I actually ended up loving it so much that I came home one night and the the instructor was looking for a sub and never in my years that I ever considered myself like aerobics teacher worthy, but it was something like I had enjoyed the class so much. I decided to, and again, it was my nature to jump into things. And so I came home and decided to get certified as an instructor. And that really propelled me onto this whole whole new world of like I because of that you know over the next probably 10 years I ended up getting certified as a group fitness instructor and then eventually a health coach but in 2017 I decided to go back to work and so in between there's 2011 and 2017 I had really you know started putting myself on my to-do list like I started getting out there and discovering like exercise and nutrition. I started like eating better. And instead of just like making myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with the kids, like I actually was making the time to make myself better food, you know, and started getting into hobbies. Like I discovered paddle boarding and these different activities, like getting out and doing and running and doing things that were more like in the physical realm, but at the same time, making time for myself rather than being so consumed with everybody else. And I discovered that when I was able to do that, I became a better mom. Like I, my mood improved. I was in such a good place in my life that I was better. I was a better mom. I was able to take care of my kids and I was being like this great role model for my kids. Like, like they were learning like responsibility and they were learning, you know, that I could be like fun. I call her fun mom. Right. Like, so for for so long, I, I felt like I had to control everything. And when I took a step back and started prioritizing my own needs, because for so long, I didn't even ask myself what I needed. I, I put myself, like I put everyone else above my needs or above myself. And 
that was just how I thought what a good mom was supposed to do, right? So then in 2017, I decided to go back to um, get my license as a therapist. Back in 2003, I get my master's and all that. And that kind of, I put that on pause because I was a stay-at-home mom for years. And in 2017, I decided to go get my license, which put our whole family into a whole other whirlwind um, because I went from being a stay-at-home mom to being in the... (laughs) It's a crazy story. That's a whole other story. But um, within one week of like call and making that decision, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to see about getting licensed. I still needed 2,300 hours of supervised counseling experience in order to get my license, which would have happened, which happened over the next two years. But from making the decision one weekend, we were out camping and I was like, I think I'm going to go get my license. I'll call on Monday and find out if the local mental health center does that. Uh-huh. By that following Friday, I was hired to be a full-time worker. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. And, and the sixth kid, the baby was born by this. Yes, time, right? The baby was born in 2014. <laughs> and so, you know, it was, and when I had our sixth child, like when our, when our youngest was born, I was already Self-care had already become part of my routine that that didn't stop when I was pregnant. In fact, it made childbirth like so much easier than all of my other, other births. Mm -hmm. And which is crazy because I had these five other kids and they were all under the age of 14. Like they were all, you know, needed me, but yet because I was learned in the meantime, how to prioritize myself and how to do things for me. I was able to be a better mom for all of them. And so that happened in 2014. I started, I went back to work full time. And when I first went back to work, because my time was restricted, like because I was at the mental health agency for eight hours a day, I think actually there was like nine hours that I had a lunch in there, 40 minutes away. Um, I had to really figure out how can I create new routines? Because what I was doing before wasn't working, like, you know, going in the middle of the day. And the other thing was being able to ask for help. My husband was there because we owned a hotel. We owned it together. And so we were really able to work together. Like if I wanted to go for a walk, you know, mid morning, or if I wanted to go to the pool or I wanted to, um, you know, do anything. Like we were there to be able to bounce in. But for so long, he was there as well, but I wasn't able to ask for help because I have my own expectations in my mind. So when I went back to work, that was a, that was a whole nother, whole nother way of having to readjust. And so now in 2019, I started moms with that. Well, within the first year, 2019, I decided to start my own businesses. Um, I started a therapy practice and I started a coaching practice. And like I said, I got certified as a health coach as part of that group fitness journey. Um, And so when I decided to start my own business, I I quit the mental health center and I had no idea what I wanted to do. (laughs) Jumping into it. I was jumping into it just like I usually do. And um, over the next year, you know, after trying different like niches or whatever, niches, however you say it, Mm -hmm. I ended up... um, just a lot of self-discovery and asking myself like, well, what is it that made my journey unique? And how was I able to overcome that? And it came to, you know, at first I started on weight loss because when I started all the activity, 
I naturally consequence was like losing weight, but that never really felt right. And then, you know, some, a lot of journaling, a lot of discussion, a lot of talking with other, other women, I started realizing, you know, this is something that a lot of moms struggle with is putting themselves on their to-do list. And we all like, well, not we all there's, there are recovering super moms and there's moms that, that know that they don't have to do it all, but there's a lot of moms out there that are under the impression that they have to do all the things to be an amazing, to be amazing moms. And they are overscheduled, overextended, living in fast forward, and that it's so hard for them to say no (laughs) to all the things and to start taking care of themselves. And so that is where Moms Without Capes was born. And so now I'm like, okay, I am on a mission to help moms hang up their cape. And even if it's just temporarily to, to see for themselves that it's totally possible to make time for themselves. And that was the other thing. When you ask moms, you know, why don't you, do you practice self-care? And a lot of moms, you know, might not know what it is. Like, you know, yeah, I go. I it's go not to, just a pedicure. That's, yes. It's not it's a pedicure. more than that. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to Target by yourself. Like that's not <laughs> to buy toilet paper. Like that's not self-care. And then they would say they don't have time for it. And so uh, when I jumped, when I started my business, I created a whole entire course. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm good with managing my time. Like I, people are always like, how do you get so much done and everything? And I felt like I can, I can organize, I can time block. Like I do get a lot done, but I realized that that wasn't what was at the root of that reason. You know, it wasn't that they don't have time because they do make time that, you know, they make time for all of these other things in their life is that they don't consider themselves worthy enough to focus on. They don't, they're not prioritizing themselves because they feel that everybody else's needs are more important than their own. And so that was where I brought in my my cognitive behavioral therapy part, which I use in my counseling to help shift those beliefs and start getting at like the people pleasing, the perfectionism, the unrealistic expectations, the self-doubts, like all of those things that are preventing moms from making time for themselves. And so that is at the heart of Moms Without Capes. Such a great story. So many nuggets. I've been like Mm -hmm. storing them in my head. So it sounds like that Zumba class was like the turning point. I would say, I would say, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about not knowing how to ask for help because I feel like that's a big reason um, why moms are overextended, overscheduled, and all of the things because one, most of us weren't even taught how to ask for help. And also it, um, in terms of like that super mom, badge that's part of it it's the being like a hundred miles past being overextended (laughs) like that's just the norm it's like I remember when I was a kid and I I just noticed this in um subconsciously or maybe consciously that the moms who were like in their walkathon t-shirts it may have had a hole in it or not were like praised. They were like, oh my God, she takes <laughs> such great care of her kids. We're in a bad It was honor. like the moms who were like dressed to the nines. It was like people were like um, mumbling under their breath, like yeah. she, she's um she can't be a good mom. You know, she's 
she's too into herself and like all these things. And I was just fascinated. I'm like 12 or 13 at this point. And I'm just like, this can't be right. I just don't feel like you have to fall off a cliff in terms of taking care of yourself to be a good mom. To me, it's like mutually exclusive. Right. Like, so how would moms begin to start asking for help? So one is you need to be able to recognize what it is that you need help with, right? And we talk, like, for me, it was feeling guilty a lot, like that I should be, just like you just mentioned, like society's um, pressure on us, that wearing it like a badge of honor, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're doing it all and you're putting everyone else and you're taking care of everyone and everything else, we have these pressures on us and we internalize them. And, and then we start believing like that, that, that is normal. And that's how we need to be in order to be these good moms. And so for me, you know, it was a lot of guilt that I felt. And I think back this one time when we had first moved here, my own mom, like, I don't, she, she wasn't one to like take all the kids for a sleepover or anything like that. And my mother-in-law wanted to take the kids. And I remember like getting off the phone and being like, like having this huge argument with my husband, like, how dare she? Like, why would she want to take the kids? Like, no, like I felt, <laughs> and I remember talking to one Doesn't of my friends. crazy, like hearing yourself being yes. mad about that? It does. Even when I tell the story and I remember like one of my best friends, she was like, are you crazy? Like, let her take the kids. And I'm like, no, like nobody can do a better better job than I can. Like, why would she want to take the kids? I'm like, all of this stuff, like, and right now it seems so unrealistic. Like, it seems crazy to me. And I'm just like, what was going on? And it really was that control thing. Like, and asking for help takes some vulnerability. It takes you saying, I need help. Mm -hmm. And because of those pressures that we feel from society and that we put on ourselves, we, we don't want to be vulnerable. We want to prove our worthiness we want to prove that we are enough and we are adequate and that we can do this well it's like a delicate balance between being mama bear and being vulnerable it's like I want to raise my cubs how I want to raise them I want them (laughs) to eat this specific peanut butter type and it's like if they eat another brand of peanut butter for a day it's not going to kill them like everybody (laughs) will be fine um so it's it's looking at the long-term um effect big picture yeah big big picture picture, (laughs) one weekend is not going to derail them from what I'm doing as a mom so I want to talk about like isolation because I feel like this super mom superwoman syndrome can cause a lot of isolation because it's like you're overextended, you're overworked, overscheduled, mm-hmm. overbooked. And who do you even begin to tell? It's like, if you ask for help, does everything unravel? Do I look, it, who else can relate? Because there's other moms keeping up the facade too. So it's like, is she really, does she really have it all together? Or does she need help? Should I break it down? And then also I want you to touch base on and this is no judgment, but like, I feel like there's this subculture of like, when moms have a minute, they need to drink wine. Oh gosh. Yeah. Thing. So I just, you know, just whatever your thoughts are. I know I spewed a lot. At you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, okay. So back to the isolation part. Um, I do think like there's so many super moms that seem like they have it all together and they're falling apart on the inside and they feel like they have to keep up that facade. You know, social media makes it even worse and we won't even get into that, but like that compare game conversation and (laughs) and, you know, it feeds into that and we can feel isolated. We can feel like nobody else is there to help us. You know, it, well, aside from the fact that you, you don't, you, you think you can do it all by yourself and you are overextended, overscheduled, overworked. You don't have time to, for your relationships. That's, that's one of the things that I work with with clients is, is clearing your, you know, creating margin in your life so that you can have healthier relationships. And that was one thing that I noticed was when I started doing that, I was able to invest in my, like my relationships with my kids, my spouse, like the, it all improved when I was able to um, create that margin in my life. And so the isolation can definitely, can definitely happen when you have those unrealistic expectations. What about relationships with friends or new friends or mom Mm -hmm. friends? Does that create margin help with that part as well? Absolutely. Right. Because how many, like I, in fact, I just, on my podcast, I just did an interview about mom friends and one, it's, it's so hard. Once you get out of school or you get out of like an institution, mm-hmm. making friends as moms or just as adults, you know, dads have just the same problem is so difficult because again, that vulnerability comes into play and then we our, our friendships change. Cause it's not like we're hanging out, having sleepovers and, you know, chilling for 10 hours. Like we right. don't have time for that. With your coworker friends. Yeah. Like no matter how much margin you have in your life, you do not have 10 hours to just hang out and, and chill on the phone or, right. you know, <laughs> so our friendships have to change, but it doesn't mean that they're any less important. And so when you are so consumed with taking care of everyone else's needs, you're not going to have that time to be able to invest in your own friendships and in your own relationships. And they are super important. And so that's why turning the tables and putting yourself on your to-do list is going to help you, you know, get out there. And I talk about the five pillars of self-care and we'll get into that, but the fifth pillar is actually social self-care and that's taking care of your social self and and investing in your relationships. And so making sure that that is something that you're paying attention to and self-care doesn't happen unless you are intentional about it because our schedules can fill up easily. And so making sure that you are focusing on these five areas can help make sure that you're filling your proverbial cup. Yeah. So I'm super anxious to hear the rest of the five pillars. Yeah. But so you had said about the wine. Yeah. The what wine. was the question about the wine? So I, I just, you know, I just see this like, oh my God, the kids are in bed. Like I need to drink a cup of wine or I just can't wait till whatever, 10 PM to have a glass of wine. And I, I, you know, I, I just don't know how I feel about that being the cultural or trendy way to, to defrag. (laughs) I I, I just don't know. Like (laughs) it's become so socially like, 
in fact, three months, well, about two and a half months ago, I decided that I was going to stop drinking alcohol, whether it's for good or not. Like I've gone through a hundred day challenges that started out as 30 day. And I'm like, you know, I'll just keep going or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I even, I, I didn't drink even every night or I didn't even drink every week, but I was felt like I was like, you know, I want to s- start practicing what I preach more and taking care of yourself doesn't mean that you're going to cope with stress as a like by consuming alcohol right like I wanted to find I wanted to explore other ways of coping with because I mean even when you hang up your cape which I I'm still like working on the uh, being intentional about my self-care I'm not perfect at it mm-hmm. but I've definitely come a long way so I wanted to explore other reasons and and not have to depend on alcohol because that has been something like, I mean, you just look on your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed and like, there's always going to be a mom that's drinking their wine or like a TikTok that has to do with, with decompressing with wine or with alcohol or, you know, it's celebrated in our culture. And when I talk about self-care, like that's not that's not really a way to recharge. I mean, right. I, yeah, I think, yeah, you're hitting, you're saying the words that I was trying to find. It's like the coping part of it or the self-care part of it. I just don't know if wine is the answer for that. Right. Um, so go ahead. I, mean, I, I totally get it. Like, I know that moms, like they do look forward to that glass of wine to like decompress and stuff, but is that really the best way? Yeah. Uh, like, As a habit. is it just like a default way? Yeah, a default way or, Mm -hmm. you know, this is just what other moms are doing. I mean, granted, I just moved from California. I lived near Napa. I lived in the Bay Area, so I was close to Napa Valley. So I experienced great wine (laughs) for my five years. And now you're in Vegas. I'm kind of, you know, bougie and picky about my wines now. And like, oh, um, you know, I know how to pair wines and like (laughs) all (laughs) I think I have a different approach to it, but I just feel like is something something is happening if you have to cope with your life with your kids with alcohol that's yeah. what I feel like like it's different right. like if it's like an enjoyment you want to pair it with a certain meal or you know it's summer you want like a you know a nice refreshing glass of Pinot Grigio like what it, I feel like those are different that's a different context than oh my god I just have to get the weight off every day right. it's more every of like, like hell <laughs> like yeah. I'm it's to more of an it. escape yeah like yeah. using alcohol as an escape like might mean that you need to look back at your life or like what's going on in your life and be like what am I escaping from and what can I change that I don't need to actually escape from it right like right. what needs to go on when you're using alcohol as a way to escape Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that this episode is being sponsored by Gorgeous Confidence, a skincare line for busy moms. Glow Like a Mother, aka Glam, is a three-step system for moms who need a simple skincare regimen with extremely effective results. The products are formulated with natural, high-quality ingredients that cleanse, rejuvenate, and provide age reduction benefits, giving moms everything their skin needs to remain healthy and radiant during the most demanding period in their life. You can learn more and shop at gorgeousconfidence.com. I 
want to touch back. So er, um, earlier you mentioned having margin in your in your schedule. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that because since being a mom, I've been like more intentional about like my calendar and whatnot, because I grew up hearing, you know, a mom's um, a mom's work is never done. But I always, I from the beginning of having my kids who are almost two. I was like, a mom's work may never be done, but it has to be done for the day. That's yes. awesome. <laughs> um, there always will be laundry. There will always be dishes. Like yeah, there will just, always be children that need their noses wiped. Like always something to reorganize. It's just all the things, but it just has to be done. So like um, I've every week I'm like, okay, I need to add this to the schedule. Cause I just want to get everything out my brain and not have 10 million things in my brain swirling yeah. around. Yeah. Whatnot. So I even put like 30 minutes in every Wednesday to clip my kids fingernails and toenails. Cause I don't want to yeah. wait till we're out and I get a scratch on my face. Like, Oh my God, I need to, when, right. when was the last time? Right. I Another out? thing that's yeah. around your brain. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, Oh, Wednesdays. Like I know I, I watch them in the evenings, like when mm-hmm. we're singing the ABCs or whatever, I'll clip their nails. And it's just like every week, I'm just like, what else can I add? Because it's just, I just feel the bandwidth mentally. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's that um, mental decluttering, getting it out on paper and right word, being yeah. able to create order out of the chaos. <laughs> yeah, and then so like I've I know like usually Thursday evenings, which is when we're recording this podcast, like I could either do my business projects or I could schedule a social outing. So I I feel like I leave margin for what mm-hmm. my Thursday evenings are going to be like. So just for the moms listening. I just want you to touch base on like scheduling, why that's a good thing as a mom mm-hmm. and then how you could use, how, how to not overbook yourself. Cause we're trying to like move away from that. Yes. So not like move to scheduling then every space from the time you're awake yes. is, <laughs> is booked up. We don't want to, that sounds that, exactly. but like leaving space for margin and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, just anything around that. Okay. So, I mean, your whole podcast is mom life be like, and we all know that it is unpredictable, right? Like <laughs> you can just like add that into the end of your, your hashtag yeah. and it is so unpredictable. And so for our own sanity, it's important to create, you know, if you're doing time blocking or if you're adding, if you're writing down things in your schedule, making sure that you are leaving space for that unpredictability, because things are going to come up, you know, kids are going to spill things on themselves. They're going to make a mess. They're going to, you know, need things that you just, even if, you know, motherhood did not come with an instruction book. So we don't know what is lies ahead, right? Each stage of life, each season, each day of life, we don't know what's to come. And so when you are finding yourself like totally booked up and like feeling that overwhelm, feeling like you're being pulled in a million different directions. It's so important. You touched on it. A great thing is to get the things out of your head and put it down on paper. Like if you do not journal, if you don't have a notebook by you, like writing things down, doing you know, either morning pages, which is just like unscripted, right? Doing a brain dump, doing something where you are spending time focusing and reflecting on your thoughts and getting them out on paper. That's going to help you tremendously with, with your sanity, with your mental health. But, you know, it, I find, and I know some moms like to um, fly by the seat of their pants through every day and I can never do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can never do that. It's stressful for me. Like I like to kind of have a plan and whether that plan goes as planned, which it usually doesn't, I at least have a loose a loose plan where I can be flexible, where I can say like, okay, you know, just like you said on, on Wednesday nights, you clip your kids now. So, like, that's great. And knowing what your kids need and kind of being ahead of them, mm-hmm. because when you, and that even comes to, um, you know, waking up before your kids, you don't have to wake up at 5 a.m., but even if you wake up 10 minutes before your kids, you'll give yourself that head start and you'll give yourself some time to breathe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm breathing right now as I say it, like to, to breathe, to mentally prepare for the day, to get yourself in that space that you can be your best version. Like waking up 10 minutes earlier than your kids, that is a form of self-care mm-hmm. because that's giving yourself that, that time to, instead of hitting the ground, zero to a hundred, like hit the ground running. It gives your yourself your time to, to think and to process and to get yourself mentally prepared. Okay. So yes, I am an, I'm an avid scheduler. I've got my, my passion planner <laughs> and I time block, I write it in pencil so that things can change because they always do. And I make sure that I am I protect my time. So my time is in the morning, but I don't believe that, you know, for self-care to happen, it should happen throughout the day. So I do make sure that I'm taking time to like rest, to go up and actually fix myself like a meal during lunch, like whether it's leftovers or I, I, you know, something that's not just like a peanut butter and jelly or grabbing like a handful of chips, which a lot of moms do that. They just don't even leftovers. Yeah. Just eating your kids leftovers, like (laughs) clean your plate club, like all of that. Right. You know, it is so important what you're putting into your body. And so making sure that you're taking the time or making the time because you have to be intentional to make sure that you are fueling up and getting what you need. Yeah. And that's also not running on fumes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even if it's like stretching or just like standing up, if you've been sitting down all day, right. Computer, just doing something for you. That's, Mm -hmm. that's like the main point. So I'm sure our listeners are curious, like I am to learn the five pillars of self-care that you mentioned (laughs) about number five, but can we start from the beginning? Sure. Yep. So these are five areas of well-being. Um, We've got the physical, which is taking care of your body. And that includes, you know, like we just talked about the nutrition, what you're eating, making sure that you're drinking, you're staying hydrated, you're moving. Again, just what you mentioned, making sure that you are incorporating movement into your day, um, getting the amount of sleep that you need, the quality and the quantity of sleep, Um, especially if you are under a lot of stress, it could really impact your sleep. And so alcohol, like we just talked about the wine, that can impact your sleep as well and cause you not to have that sleep that your body needs to heal. Your mind needs it. Sleep is so essential and it's a huge part of self-care. And so that would all fall under the physical pillar. Next is the emotional and mental pillar. So the emotional pillar is all about taking care of your emotional and mental health. And this includes, you know, going to therapy, making sure that you are getting in touch with how you're feeling, what you're thinking, because that's all intertwined. You know, your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors are all so like, so connected. And when you're overscheduled and you have no time to even 
hear your thoughts or you have so many negative emotions that you don't even want to take the time to, to face them and to say like, you're running away from them. You're like, again, that escaping and learning how to sit with your emotions and asking yourself, what do I feel? What am I thinking? What do I need? And journaling is a great way to a great tool for practicing emotional, emotional self-care. Is there a benefit to journaling in the morning or night? Versus night, I should say. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say, I, I think journaling period, whether you do it in the morning or night, like when, when you feel like it would be most beneficial. I mean, maybe your mornings are harried, like maybe going during the school year, your mornings might be more harried, like trying to get yourself out the door and your kids out the door and like getting everything done. Like journaling might not make sense at that point. And you might do more of your journaling at night and that might help clear your mind so that you can get a more restful sleep. So journaling definitely could come in here, like be useful at night, but maybe during the summer when your days are slow, you don't have to get everyone ready and out the door. Maybe you might try doing it in the morning and where your mind is sharper, where you're able to think more clearly, you know, because at night we definitely have that fatigue that happens throughout the day. And sometimes seasons too, because I know yeah. like I easily yeah. wake up earlier in the summer because the sun is up yes. earlier versus like the winter. So it sounds like possible to it's or I should say it's okay to adjust your schedule Mm -hmm. um depending on what's going on yeah yeah definitely adjust your schedule like the the best journaling is is the one that you're going to do the best time to journal is the time that works for you and that's the other thing self-care is completely personal like what fills one person's cup is not going to fill another what one what recharges one person is not going to like recharge another mom you have to figure out what recharges you, like what fills your cup. And that goes back to that self-awareness and asking yourself, what do I need? What do I need right now? And how can I give myself that? Because when you're giving to so many other people and you're constantly have your attention and your focus on all of those around you, it can be hard to do, especially at first is to turn that attention toward yourself and asking yourself, okay, what do I need? What do I need today? What do I need right now in this moment? Because when I said like super moms are moving in fast motion. And so it's important to, to be more mindful and reflect on that present moment and what it is that you need. And that's going to help slow down. So the question, mom. for the moms who are, this is like a brand new concept for them. They may ask themselves, what do I need? And have no answer. No idea. <laughs> like they've never had to consider it. How, how can they start that part of like figuring that out if, if this is just brand new? So, okay. So the first thing I, I'm going to go back to the journaling and, and just making that time, even if it's just five minutes, making that time to ask, them, go back to like, what did you enjoy doing as a kid? What did you enjoy? Like, what were some of the creative pursuits that you would, you know, get caught up in and just, you know, whether it's singing or drawing or sewing or dancing or what are those things, writing, um, you know, there's, there's so many arts going on. Yeah. And some, yeah, like, I don't know, I'm a social kid and I kind of moved away from that being as an adult, as an adult. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm working on that 
with kids and mom friends, but like, it's fun to me because I also enjoyed it as a kid. So I think that's a good point. Like what, start with what did you enjoy doing naturally as a kid? Yeah. Cause many times like we become a mom and we, we forget, we get lost in our mom hat or in our super mom cape and we get, we lose touch of who we are and we, you know, and, and then it becomes, it gets to be so long that I've had moms cry to me. Like, I don't even know what it is that I'd like. I don't even know what it is like, because it's been so long since they've asked themselves that question, but it all starts with asking yourself that question. Like if you just keep going through life and not asking yourself that question, you're on a quick road to burnout and you're going to feel resentment. You're going to feel all of those negative emotions that are hard to get back from. So, well, let's go back to the pillars. Yes. <laughs> before, before I forget. So much to discuss. <laughs> yeah. so, so after the emotional pillar, you've got the spiritual pillar. And this isn't um, relig- like a specific religion or anything. This is really just getting in touch with the greater universe. And our, whether it be a higher power or na- like mother nature and getting outside, um, star- stargazing, cloud watching, just sitting, meditation, yoga, you know, all of those spiritual practices that can help you connect with the wider world. And so um, now that summer's coming up, you know, it's a great opportunity to get outside and just sit on your front porch and do some cloud watching or just sit and, you know, just be in the present, focus on your breathing and just live in that moment. And then next you've got intellectual self-care and that's different from the mental self-care or the emotional, because this is where you're stimulating your mind. Not so much taking care of your mental health, but more challenging yourself and learning new skills, be it a a language, a musical instrument, um, any kind of skill that you know, you're interested in or that you might be interested in, especially like the moms that it's been so long since they've done anything that they've, their own passions, they might not be familiar or know what it is they can do. Intellectual self-care is a great way to get out there. And, you know, even if it's watch a TED talk, right? Like on YouTube, YouTube, we live in a day and age. I know. day and age where information is so accessible and it's right at our fingertips. And if you're interested in, you know, doing some research, research a vacation spot, even if you don't even have any plans to go on a vacation, like research, just like we did in social studies, you know, seventh grade social studies, like start learning about, because as an adult, you get so much more information, like you process it so much better. And it's, when you're interested in something, you learn about it so much faster. And, you know, that interest just creates that momentum. And then um, before, yeah. what, what pillar does reading fit in? Whether that would be the intellectual. Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't That's matter the genre. So whether it's self-help to business to. Sure. Novel. Okay. Right. Right. Now reading fiction, you know, that could be intellectual, of course, like, because you are learning about, you could be learning about different cultures and anything, but you also, that could also fall under you know, emotional self-care and that taking care of your mental health, like being able to have that. I've read some fiction books where, you know, it feels good. It feels like to just get lost in like a whole, you know, fictional tale and stuff. And so that's the other thing with these pillars, they cross over. And so the final one is the social self-care. And that, like we talked about before is the relationships, but say you take a hike with a friend, you've got, physical self-care, you've got 
spiritual self-care and you've got social self-care all right there. Go make it to a new place and, you know, (laughs) and journal about it afterwards. You've got all five pillars right there. So they don't need to be done in isolation. You can, and they don't need to be done in isolation as far as you don't need to do it just by yourself. You can take your kids out and go lay on the trampoline and do some stargazing. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So it could be done with your family, by yourself, with new friends, Mm -hmm. with old friends, with your spouse. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is just, you know, asking yourself what you need. Start small. Don't say, oh, I'm going to wake up an hour early and I'm going to do 10 things. (laughs) Because as super moms, like if you find yourself in that overextended, like jump right in, it can be easy to do. And then you end up like, the day you sleep in, like that all or nothing thinking, like the day you sleep in and you're like, oh, I didn't do anything. And then you give up on everything. Like, we don't want that to happen. So take it slow. Just choose one thing. And I have actually a a free resource that I want to pass on to your listeners. And it's 15 self-care practices you can do under 15 minutes. So for moms who don't have time for self-care, if you're completely new to it and you know, you like this episode and you wanted to start implementing self-care into your life, then you can grab onto this resource. It's going to be at momswithoutcapes.com backslash backslash mom life be like, and you will find that resource to help you get started on your self-care journey. So appreciate you sharing this amazing resource with our listeners, Ani. Um, And where else can people find you? So I have a podcast as well, Moms Without Capes. So if you're, you know, obviously you're probably a podcast listener if you're listening to this. And what so. is it on all of the stations? Yep. As far as I know, I'm pretty okay. sure it is. <laughs> Basically just Google it. It'll come up. Yeah, it'll come up. And then I also um, can be found on Facebook. That's like my main platform. I've got a yeah, Facebook group, a, a community there. And so... It's Moms Without Capes too, right? The name mm-hmm. of the group? Yeah. Yeah, fine. Yeah, this has been such a fascinating conversation because you know what? I feel like the moms now are changing the way motherhood has been written for us. I feel like each mom that I talk to, it's like, yeah, we're just doing things way differently. Like that <laughs> way was a little hard and isolating and overextensive. And it's not you know, it's not any um, knock or judgment against that way, but it's like, we, I think, I think we all feel like we can improve this a little bit so we can add more fun in there. And that, I think that's the bottom line, like just adding more fun. So you're not Mm -hmm. just exhausted (laughs) as a norm, um, busy as a norm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, we're all busy, but like, other things has to be, you know, it could be happening. You could have more control over your schedule so that you could actually fit in time to have lunch, make yourself a yes. decent lunch, a healthy lunch, sit down and have it. And I would say when you said that, I started putting lunch in my calendar for myself too. Okay. Yeah. It's been great because it was just like, oh my God, the kids are about to wake up for the nap. Let me see what I could eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, it's just like, they're sleeping. I could just do whatever, whether it's right. the phone, whether it's just eating in silence because I'm yeah. tired of listening to kid shows. Yes. Um, <laughs> whatever it is, it's just like I could make my nail appointment. You know, like it's mm-hmm. just so much things. It's just like my 
our me time every day. Yes. It makes such a difference. So the last thing I just want to add before we ask the rapid five questions we ask all guests is that um, when, if you're in the beginning stages of this and you don't know what you want or what you like to do and you're journaling about it, it may take a few journaling sessions before Mm -hmm. answers start coming. So it's a patience scheme too. It can't be rushed. (laughs) (laughs) Done in 10 minutes kind of thing Um, because if you've never tapped into that, like you're going to have to like do, do some soul searching. Yeah. yeah, That's the right word. That's the right word. Well, thank you so much, Ani. This has been a fantastic conversation. I learned a lot too, like just adding to my arsenal to be a better mom and just show up, not raggedy and tired, you know, <laughs> for my kids. <laughs> and to like really, you know, just hone in more on my self-care that it's, it's a great thing for everybody. And I think mm-hmm. it actually impacts generations when moms yes. take care of themselves. So it's, it's, it's deeper work than, you know, just fluff. Um, so are you ready for the rapid five? I think so. <laughs> I'm <kind of> scared. <laughs> well, the first question is easy. We're going to start off with this question. So my favorite meal of all time is? I would have to say a Greek gyro. Mm. I love them. <laughs> yes. I, we, so Wednesday nights we have date night and we were, mm. that's, we were going to go to this Greek restaurant and they closed before we got there. And that was, oh, that was my we'll have to Try it again. You have to go back. <laughs> I was so ready for it too. All right. Second <laughs> question. What's on your nightstand right now? that's funny um i have i have about five books so don't ask me what they're called (laughs) i have three that i got from the library i started getting back into fiction so one of them's a fiction book and my kindle is on there that needs to be charged and a sleep mask (laughs) like because my husband will lay in bed and like watch tiktoks and i can't take it and i (laughs) I'm the same. My husband's on Clubhouse. I'm like, why am I listening to strangers at night too much? <laughs> anyway, I got it. Um, okay. Um, third question. Your favorite me time activity? So as I said, I, I love waking up in the morning, like when it's all quiet. My favorite is around Christmas time. So I can sit and watch the Christmas tree. But usually I will come down to my office because it's quiet and I got a big comfy chair and I will sit and I will journal. And I discovered um, a meditation app that I've been doing that. And this summer, my plan is to get back into writing because I've started writing a book. So I hope to use some quiet time in the morning to just write and and write freely until my kids will wake up. So hopefully in the summer, they sleep a little later. So I don't have to get up so early. <laughs> I, like that. I love that idea. All right. What advice would you give your 16-year-old self? <sighs> oh. Wow. <laughs> that. Oh, this is a hard one, Nicole. Hard one. <laughs> so much, so much. I would say um, travel. I would say travel because I, I, I got married. I had our first daughter. I was only 22. I had moved down to Georgia And I didn't do nearly as much traveling. And, you know, of course that would require me to have to work more, but I think I got too involved in living life 
like, you know, doing what I thought I needed to do, like college and then marriage without, you know, taking that step back and realizing that I have the rest of my life to, and I also would have, I don't think I'm necessarily my 16 year old life, but we talked about this a little bit before you hit record about um, having my kids so far apart. I probably would have had them closer together. Okay. Just because I'm so tired at this point. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have 10 more years to go and I've been at this for 22 years. Like, <laughs> I tell my oldest, I'm not exactly. just like, if we're going to have the next set, it got to be soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, go for it. You need to just do it soon. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, you know, I told you I'm taking this argument to my husband today. I'm like, my guest had kids after twins. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, survived and, and survived and survived. And thriving. Yes, survived and thrived. All right. So the last question is, and this is a one word answer. Mom life is. I'm going to say unpredictable. Unpredictable. I'm going to take that from our interview together <laughs> and just go with it because it definitely is. You never know. You never know. Never know. Yeah. And if you leave margin for that, like you just, it takes away so much like frustration and fluster to yes. me because it's like, yeah, how could I have even thought about this? Like, yeah, I planned for this unplanning, yeah. this, this thing that's completely unplanned. Yeah. <laughs> just plan for it, like plan yeah. for the unexpected, plan for the unpredictability, and you'll be okay. Yeah. Just roll with it. Just roll with it. Yeah, yeah, for real. It's like all of other. Just roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Just that mantra alone will save a lot of stress. Just roll with it. Like, <laughs> is everybody alive? I also tell people, like, they're like, how's it going with twins? I'm like, you know, I'm just managing for injuries and safety. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's eating it's well, going well, you know, but that's, that's my concern. Yeah. This has been such a fun interview, Ani. I definitely feel like, you know, there's more. We probably need a part two of this conversation. <laughs> there's so many parts we could like go deeper yes. on this. And it's just an important topic and awareness for our moms to have and to help them hone in on taking care of themselves. Like we just, it's just so imperative that we Absolutely. take care of ourselves. And it, and I always ask myself, like, how do I want to be remembered as a mom? And that mm-hmm. always, that also helps me. Like I don't want to be remembered as tired and cranky. I just don't. Yes. So Right. I, I love that you brought that up because I've been thinking, I've been reflecting on that a lot lately because my eight-year-old will be like, I'll be running around in the morning, like getting all things, like everything that needs to get done. She's like, mom, why are you so stressed out? I'm like, okay, thank you for pointing that out. Like, I hate that you just thought said that, <laughs> but, yeah. but it kind of puts, you know, it, it makes me like check up, check up on myself and be like, okay, this is not how I want my kids to see me. So what can I do? Always tell the truth, right? (laughs) (laughs) Follow the mouth with babes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, Everybody tuning in, make sure to go to momswithoutcapes.com and get in Ani's world and get into your self-care. Thank you all for listening and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Mom Life Be Like podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and I'm so thrilled and honored to have you listen. I will see you in the next episode.